When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to So I Got to Thinking, the weekly podcast where we take the timeless questions of fictional journalist Carrie Bradshaw and apply them to modern life and love. As ever, you are joined by Juno Dawson and Dylan B. Jones. And this week, I'm very excited because we have a guest on the show who I've wanted to have on since season one. I think she is a writer with perhaps her finger on the pulse of modern feminism more than anybody else I can think of. It is the author of Pretending and How Do You Like Me Now? It's Holly Bond. Hi, hi Holly, welcome to the podcast. Hello, I'm very, very excited to be here. Perfect lockdown <laughs> activity, I'm very, very excited. And, and we, we have, I think, a really, really great episode. We have been watching season three, episode six, the snazzily titled, Are We Sluts? Um, and it's one where the title of the episode is the same as Carrie's question, which doesn't happen very much. In fact, this might be maybe the first, the first time, time that's actually happened. Um, Dylan, yeah. do you want to launch us with your potted synopsis? Yeah, so uh, Carrie is continuing to date uh, the dashing Aidan Shaw, who's like something out of a Danielle Steele novel, which she mentions later. Um, Samantha is bad for the building because um, she's letting in loads of, of, allegedly letting in loads of men at all hours and opening up the door for invaders. Charlotte's dating a guy who says a strange thing when he orgasms mm-hmm. and Miranda is grappling with chlamydia. <laughs> I mean, one of those rare weeks where literally all the characters are equally ridiculous in all some All the ways. things, every, all the, all the things are happening. <laughs> there is a lot going on. And to be honest, I don't really know where to start. But I think the reason I wanted Holly on this week, um, I I mean, we we have in previous episodes referred to this as the womb in the room and the necessity to have a cisgender woman on because Dylan and I, for the best part of 20 years each, have been so firmly embedded in the queer culture and the queer scene and queer dating that honestly, I am not sure we are qualified to answer this question because I do think (laughs) there is a different set of rules for straight white cis women in this instance compared to myself, a trans woman, who 
in culture is more often than not portrayed as a sex worker. So I think it is assumed that trans women are sluts. And Dylan is a white gay man. Again, the stereotype of the promiscuous gay man is hugely embedded in our culture. So society assumes Dylan is a slut. In this case, it's true. And we earn that. We celebrate that because we do not slut shame it. So I got to thinking. But um, in this instance, Dylan and I are not qualified to assess the various levels of sluttiness in this episode of Sex and the City. So that's where you come in, Holly. Oh Thank my God, you. the pressure. <laughs> right. Well, should we start? I mean, should we start with her question? Are we sluts is an incredibly loaded question that is automatically a bit problematic. I know. I feel like before I want to say anything, what I found a shame about the episode, there were lots of shames in this episode but um the fact that the episode doesn't even discuss the concept of a slut at all and the fact that a slut is a societally constructed myth to shame women um and this the word it's like itself is just ugh. um and they kind of missed the real missed the real trick there um what i also found quite weird is when they're all in brunch discussing if they are not sluts or not both samantha and charlotte look to their friends for advice and go, I'm not a slut, am I? And both Miranda and Carrie just go, quiet. And I'm just like... <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's mad. And so when I was trying to work out how we even chat about this episode in a way that is not shameful and without judgment, which I think is really important, I was trying to like just sort of say that like a slut doesn't exist. Um, no. In my feminism. So I was just trying to work out what a different word that we could use. And so I was just trying to, I was looking at the word promiscuous um, mm. and promiscuity. And then, then I was trying to work out which of them are and aren't promiscuous and what that means. Then I ended up on this weird part of the internet, which is like proves that women are naturally promiscuous. And you can tell promiscuous as sex species is by the size of men's balls. And apparently humans <laughs> have medium sized testes, which means that women and human beings in general are mediumly promiscuous. And that's just, yeah, this is what this episode did to me, really. It broke me. <laughs> I want. I really want to go down that rabbit hole. That sounds like the most amazing rabbit hole. I think, um, again, if you, if you get the official Sex and the City book from the early noughties, there is an infographic of how many sexual partners each woman has had. Um, as you would expect, Samantha's is the longest, closely followed by Charlotte, then followed by Miranda, then in last place by quite some margin is Carrie, who for a sex columnist has surprisingly few sexual partners for a show called Sex and the City. But I think you're right, Holly, in that way too often in Sex and the City do they present some really ripe feminist discussion and then just entirely fail to talk about it. Yeah, we found this before, like they've skirted around, and we've said this like a good few times now, they they dance around some potentially really big and interesting issues and then either get it slightly wrong, woefully wrong, or just kind of stop when they could have gone a lot further. Um, something that leading on from what you've just been saying, Holly, just before in Carrie's voiceover, just before she asks the question, are we sluts? The precursor to that question is she says, how many men is too many men? And that just made me think like, I was like, well, the, there's no such thing as to like that's so arbitrary there's no such thing as too many like who's counting you know <laughs> um and like miranda making the list and stuff it's such a i mean and this is actually something i'd be interested in your opinion on for me 
that is such a like 90s teenage thing is that like what about in in and Juno as well in you guys experiences um is that still something that people do do you think do you think like people talk about how many people they've slept with I I left that behind when I was like 18 or like 20 mostly because I started to lose count but um... <laughs> but but because you've never been slut shamed nobody and I ha- speak from yeah. experience you know my um, well, I have, I, I have been, but we'll get to that. We'll get mm. to that in a minute. But yeah, but I'm sure not as much as you as you see. <laughs> well, I can I can confidently say from trans corner, Bing Bong Bing, that you know I wasn't slut shamed until I transitioned, um, and that even... I mean that speaks that speaks volumes, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, and and even then it was <clears> in a different way, in that it was I was told post transition that you know I shouldn't, um, you know for use of a colloquial phrase, I shouldn't sleep around because, you know, it would be dangerous for me that, you know, you know, we, we hear all the time about trans women being murdered by their sexual partners. And so it wasn't that I was kind of slut shamed so much as you can't do that now. Like any, any idea that you might've had about sleeping around, you've, you've got to draw a line under that now, but certainly pre-transition there was an expectation that I would be having a lot of sexual partners. And in fact, actually my, my straight friends and my cisgender friends slightly egged it on. They were kind of like, Oh my God, you know, tell us, tell us your stories, give us your adventures because, because I was queer. I was perhaps out there a little bit more than some. And in, in, in the gender games, you know, I wrote about my going out of business sale when I went to Ibiza and did just sleep with the whole of Ibiza and because I knew I was about to transition so I thought well let's let's have one last hurrah because I knew things were about to change and 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 sure enough they did so it's that difference and I think there is some redemption from Carrie's voiceover about Steve where she says men who have a lot of partners are not called sluts they're called very good kisses so at least she acknowledges there is some sexism around this um but I think it's it I mean Holly I'll have to defer to you again on this but I think the difference is is that when men express their number it's in a boastful way Whereas, I don't know, do, do women feel a pressure to under-report their numbers? I don't know. It was interesting because um, I, I, when I fell down my weird Google hole last night after <laughs> watching this episode, and yeah, I was looking at the infographic of how many sexual partners the, the girls have in the episode, um, in the series. Um, and like, so I think in this episode, Miranda reveals that she has slept with 42 people. Mm-hmm. Steve is higher. The thing that worried me about that really was that neither of them had ever had an STI test and clearly right? had condoms. That was like, if I was like, any shame to be had, I was like, guys. Yeah. And Steve and Steve didn't know what chlamydia was. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? It was just very <laughs> odd. It was like, if they're living in New York in the 80s, like surely safe sex is something they're aware of. But like, it's just that I found mad, but it was interesting. So then I started... And then I was trying to figure out how you measure promiscuity and what it means and which of them are promiscuous and which of them are just make bad relationship decisions, which mean in the quest for love, they're kind of having sex with more people. But um, what I always found weird is the US median number for sexual partners over your lifetime was women of four in the US and men has claimed of seven. And I don't pretend to know much about maths, but even then I'm like, I don't understand how that maths works. 
because who are the men sleeping with if women's that's, numbers are four? There's <laughs> one, there's one Samantha type woman in every yeah, state. Yeah, every man visits her to get their numbers up. Like it's um. <laughs> Yeah, yes. that doesn't make sense. And it also like raises the question, because I'm like really interested in this stuff and have been for a long time. Um, it raises the question, like, how are these numbers, how are these conclusions come to? Like, um, and like, are people lying because of stigma and stuff like that? Um, another thing I thought about with, with Miranda's, Miranda and Steve's conversation about chlamydia is when Miranda says, I'm a big, dirty, diseased whore. That was like, uh, like, and that opened, to me, that opens a whole nother thing that I'm really interested in, which is like stigma around STIs. Um, the fact that like getting chlamydia is treated with way more kind of shock and um, comedy than if someone gets the flu, when really in many ways it's not much different. It's like a fairly minor infection that you've caught off someone that's easily treatable. Um, I get, and then that got me thinking about like HIV and like stigma against HIV and how like, with treatments now, um, it's kind of akin to, um, I don't know, like having just some other, uh, like being diabetic or something, but it's still treated in a much more big, scary way. Um, anyway, that's the mental wormhole that I went down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, calling herself, I don't know if maybe it's like, to give it like, I guess the time it was, people were maybe less aware of STIs. I don't know, I worked for a sex and relationship charity for five years, so this was like, and nothing I don't seem to know about STIs. And I just look at everyone just kind of going, do you have super gonorrhea? Do you have that ruins like your ability to casual <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. sex? Because you're just, um, just dealing with, you know, that all the time. But it's, I, I would like, I'd hope that in casual hookup culture now, um, the kind of the safe sex conversation is something that people have a lot more regularly. And yeah, I as I said, I found it, the only thing I found quite like, where maybe I would have a bit of judgment in in that thing was the fact that between them they had slept with over a hundred people and none of them heard an STI test or seemed to be using condoms. Um, yeah, they're in their they're in their early thirties and they've never had an STI test. Like, you, like, because I th I must admit I thought this episode was the one where Sam has her HIV test. Mm, and I yeah, was so I. I was surprised that that must I think that's coming up so we will revisit STIs later this season as well and there is I remember so I mean we're getting ahead of ourselves but there is the surprise where Carrie says how have you never had an AIDS well I think she calls it an AIDS test how have you never had an AIDS test and it is like Holly said is I cannot fathom how women in their 30s who had lived through the pinnacle of the AIDS crisis in the late 80s, early 90s could have avoided an HIV test. And I mean, I think Carrie says she's had two, but um, yeah, it's, it's surprising. And I would like to say as well, for listeners who might be listening to this, a chlamydia test no longer involves a penile swab. For, oh, for yeah, yeah. It's, it is just a urine test now so there isn't even a swab to worry about but and that was that was a slightly irresponsible message as well that the notion that a, a, an STI test is something that you should fear because actually you know at any stage in my life actually they've been fairly unevasive if I'm honest it's um, oh and also also for listeners um a friend of mine who works in an STI clinic said that it's really important to get tested now if you're sexually active because people have been 
becoming sexually active again, but not going to clinics because of coronavirus. So that's obviously bad. <laughs> so order a test. <laughs> I just, is it the Soho one where you put your little swab in this like face shuttle? And it, just, <gasps> like, it was just the most exciting. I remember goes, <laughs> I hadn't, I saw it in a uh, Hannah Wickham's YouTube video where she was trying to demystify the process and I'm in a long-term relationship. So luckily, and I was a bit like, oh, I want to go have a swab and put it up the space shuttle. It just looks really fun. <laughs> I mean, you could just do it anyway. I might be bad. Like, he's not cheating. Yeah, you know, just, well, mainly just because it was like, it was like, boom, it was like the future. I will I will say that the amazing facilities at that, the, the, um, place we're talking about is Dean Street Express in oh, Dean, yeah. Dean Street in Soho. Not every area is like that. And I remember when I left Brighton to move to London, oh my God, I was shook because in Brighton at that point, you had to wait 10 days for your results. So, you know, things, depending on where you are in the country, um, provision changes wildly. I mean, what, what you can get everywhere now is the um, the five-minute pinprick test for HIV, which if you are not familiar with this, it's the most amazing advance in HIV testing where they literally take a drop of blood from your finger, dip it in a little palette, and within five minutes you have um, your results. And that is really what has revolutionised HIV testing in this country. And interestingly, it's kind of where we're headed with coronavirus testing now as well, where there is an immediate result. One thing I did think in the vein of this conversation that we're all currently having is that one good thing about Miranda's chlamydia storyline is it was a, it was kind of like a little lesson when her and Steve were talking. Like she was like, yeah, you, men don't have any symptoms, but you can pass it on to women and it can make women fertile and you need to wait this long and you need to do this. You can just go to the free clinic. So, I mean, that was good. Well, what I quite liked about them, I mean, I just love Miranda in general. Like she kind of just, you know, she did just go through that list you know, and just hardcore rang them and was like, this is all good. You know, she did the right thing. And I think initially I wasn't impressed with Steve's response to when she was like, you might have to get a test. And I was like, oh, I'm a doctor. And I was like, oh, Steve. But then actually when they did have this loaded question of what's your number, I just thought it was actually a really wonderful, healthy response from both of them. You know, they, yeah. they were both in the higher numbers and they both just giggled about it. And then you could just tell that that conversation was put to bed, excuse the pun. And it was, you know, no shame, no jealousy, no, you know, and I was like, that is, that is nice thing to see. Like Steve has redeemed himself. He did go get the test. He's not shamed his girlfriend for her numbers and she's not shamed him. And um, it would, yeah, it would be nice if more couples were able to have that numbers conversation without it, it bringing stuff up. So that was a, a one of the small nods. The, one, of, one of the very few um, plus points on that. <laughs> and well, let's well while we're on a positive, let let's seize upon that and take a short break now. And please do join us after this short interval, where we will we will get into the nitty gritty once again. See you in a sec. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. 
I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, welcome back to So I Got To Thinking. This week we are talking about the season three episode, Are We Sluts? With our special guest star, it's author Holly Bourne. Welcome back, everybody. So let's get into Carrie and Aiden. Yeah. I don't think I can concentrate because I fancy Aiden so much. I was just like oh my god. For like 25 minutes. He's just, yeah, he just ticks every box. She ain't, she don't deserve well, him. She don't deserve him. But then <laughs> I, I, I've managed to convince myself over the course of this 25 minute episode, I've managed to find a problem with even Aiden in this scenario. Carrie wants to have sex with Aiden and he kind of shames her in a way. And it frustrated me that Carrie didn't have more agency over her horniness. So in in the script, in the in the episode, um, Carrie freaks out because after ten days of dating Aiden, Aiden um delays having sex with her and she internalizes it and sort of says, Oh my god, is there something wrong with me? Does he just want to be friends? And then he's like, No, I I just want to wait because you know, I've slept with women quickly before and it hasn't worked out. And this is what inspires Carrie's kind of, oh my God, maybe, you know, maybe I have forgotten what romance is. But I also thought, what's wrong with Carrie wanting to have sex after 10 days? I also think it's partly to do with this, like, which I mean, I'm sure for some people it's true, but I think in a lot of cases, it's a total myth that like sleeping, there's this thing where it's like, don't sleep with them too early, it'll ruin it. Like that's a complete, and you could also argue that the earlier you sleep with someone, the better, because it means you understand someone better and you get to know them better. I think Aiden was a little bit full of shit with that, but also by the same token, I was really pissed off with Aiden until Carrie was like, mentioned that it had been, she'd known him for a week and a half. And then I was a bit like, okay, so it's not like it's been like three months. Like, I understand, I understand that you want to sleep with him, Carrie, but I also like, like maybe chill. chill <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that was, I was thinking that until he was like, it has only been 10 days. And then she was like, yeah. oh, I think it's so impossible to talk about. What's interesting about this episode is it throws up that on either side, if you're a bit more con- small C conservative or a bit more, you know, free and easy or whatever, like it's, it's almost, unless you're exactly on the same page, a bit like Miranda and Steve are, I think it's actually for couples really tricky to negotiate these differences without shame. Because as you said, Aiden was, there's a little bit of him kind of going, well, this isn't romantic for us to have sex first, which as you kind of rightly point out, lots of people can marry the person that they had one night stand with, it doesn't mean anything. But the way that actually the girls shamed Aiden 
for again 10 days i thought was quite it was almost like role reversal they, they basically talked about the friend zone oh you've got to shag him quick otherwise he'll end up friends they kept going what's wrong with him and then they go on to say um oh maybe there's something wrong with his penis and it bends slightly right which again after working at sex and relationship charity i think i got about like four bendy penises a day there's nothing wrong or abnormal about that so it was a nod to carrie for saying like that's fine i'll go left um, also, like Samantha saying, like, "Oh, it, he's gay." Like, uh, I know, it was just all the stuff just coming out, and um, I do. I think it's interesting. Like, what I thought was interesting about it, and again, they didn't explore it as much as I'd like. Is I think if two people are coming to a relationship with different sexual histories, and there's a massive discrepancy there of experience, um, I think it potentially is hard to navigate um, without feeling shamed or feeling judged because i think more conservative people might feel judged for again oh is this you know am i approved or am i this and it's just a different value system um and people who have had more sexual partners might feel judged i think it is actually something that lots of couples have to negotiate that because you know you everyone has a history but some people have very different histories and if it's different it's a bit more like oh okay you slept with this many people and i've had this completely different experience and it's a bit like, I guess, um, the equivalent is if, I guess, you're in a relationship with somebody who, to go to a different sitcom, like when Phoebe had never been in a serious relationship. You know, there's sometimes that people kind of haven't had a serious relationship maybe in their early 30s. And some people might be like, oh, or this. And it's just how do you negotiate these differences in a healthy way, which Carrie and Aiden sort of get there by the end of this episode, by having a bath where he's wearing not only a silver chain, but a rope necklace, which was the most offensive thing to me. <laughs> Although that kind of that kind of set me off a little bit. I was like, oh, like I like the rope on the, I don't know what it was, but I liked the rope necklace. I will fight um, you for Aiden, mate. I will fight you. <laughs> it's, it's better It's better than the double denim. The, the flared double denim of last week was a lot. Um, do we think Holly... Can I ask you, is there still, you know, that, that sort of like old trope of you must never sleep with a guy on the first date or he'll think you are slutty or whatever. Is that, is that, does that go on? Is that still a thing? I don't, I probably, of course, probably. Um, but then I also hear um, other girls actually feeling forced to have sex before they're ready because of shows like Sex and the City kind of you know, normalising this casual attitude. Um, when I talk, like, use the, like, go into schools and talk about safe sex, I'm always say, say, safe sex isn't just about condoms, you have to feel emotionally safe too. And you might be someone like Samantha, who I loved at the beginning of this episode, this guy just rocks up at two o'clock in the morning um, and knocks on her door and she just is, like, answers it naked, like, you know, takes off her silk dressing gown and, you know, that's something he feels very emotionally safe to have this one night stand, which is great. But, um, I feel like, I don't know, it's so hard because you don't want to speak on behalf of all sort of cis het women. But I think there's this weird thing now where you feel pressure to be the cool girl who can have sex and it not mean anything. This is a good place to talk about your novel, Pretending. That was, this is, this is, because I was going to ask you about the novel at the end, but this is a much more organic time because your novel, Pretending, which, by the way, is one of my favourite novels I've read this year. I read it in three separate baths. That's how, that's how many baths it took. Um, it's about a woman who, sick and tired of dating, reinvents herself as this dream girl, this kind of beer-drinking, like, sexually adventurous cool girl. Can you tell us more? Uh, well, yeah, she just, it's a girl who's in her 
you know early 30s and just can't ever get into like the relationship stage because guys are always saying you're too this or you're too that and so she just basically I become this girl called Gretel um, so amazing how did you pick Gretel because it is it's a fake girl name like Juno thinking of them just like the fairy tale and how it's like all made of sweets and I sort of feel like women maybe you know to some degree pretend to be this sweet house and you know I don't mind I'm so cool I'm so this I don't mind you doing it to me this way blah blah and then once they've got the guy into the, the house and they're like now nah, here's all my fucking shit I'm actually a really complicated person like you gotta love me um, I say like, Gretel's like the house of sweets that I feel like we all display when we're trying to get people to like us in the initial stages of relationships. But yeah, she becomes this this cool girl who is like, yeah, it's fine for us to have sex, however you like. I don't mind. Oh yeah, I can easily orgasm. And um, I find looking at uh, casual sex in straight women really interesting when you look at the orgasm gap. Um, and unless all, the only women who are having casual sex are able to orgasm solely through penetration or one of those women or who are confident enough to go to a complete stranger they've just met in a nightclub, this is what you need to do, X, Y, and Z, which, you know, someone like Samantha is. I'm always just a bit like, why do women have casual sex with straight men if they're not actually usually getting off? Um, like, I find that really interesting. Um, and sometimes I would examine if they are doing it for maybe less liberated, more complicated reasons, um, like societal pressure now to be the cool girl who, you know, can just let someone shagger and it doesn't mean anything. And she's like, yeah, that's fine. I wasn't hoping you would call afterwards. I'm really liberated. It's, it's tricky. As I said, I'm tr- trying so hard to talk about this without any shame and judgment. I promise I have none, but, um, I do feel like women are in this weird thing where you're sh- you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, you're like we're still in this weird Madonna whore complex, which was playing out quite a lot actually. The I wrote down Madonna whore question mark question mark. It did raise that. Can, yeah, straight women. I do feel like are always in that. Is the cool girl thing kind of a bit of a response? To, not a response to, but a product of the Me Too thing. So is the cool girl thing like, oh, don't worry, like I'm not that like I'm not one of those like um really like uptight women (laughs) well that's what like in like my novel pretending is is about in that you know April sadly you know has been a victim of you know sexual violence as so many women in this country are um you know it's about one in five one in four and I would argue that the the statistics are actually a lot harder than that um and the way that sexual trauma impacts you know it undoubtedly does impact your relationship with sex um and you know that and it's not fair because you never asked for this thing to happen to you and sexual violence has nothing to do with sex it's to do with power uh but however of course it is gonna to some degree play out in your sexual relationship so it's yeah it's it's like i feel like some women are trying to just be like don't worry i'm not damaged even though like actually things have happened to me and i can be really cool and so as i said like Looking, understanding promiscuity in straight women is just absolutely fascinating because we know that biologically women are more promiscuous than we give them credit for. Like we've got something in us that makes sperm have to fight. Like we have like these juices that make, you know, which shows that we are actually technically supposed to have lots of sperm in us so we can get the best one up there and <laughs> to, to do the job. But you're balancing that against you know, hundreds of thousands of years of social conditioning um, 
and attachment and bonding and love and all the other things. So it's, it's complicated. And that's why I just kind of gave up halfway through and just like, I'm just going to just perv on Aiden. I love that this man's very attractive. <laughs> well, let, let's go back to Madonna Haw. And speaking of Madonna Haw, we have you stupid bitch, you stupid whore. It's Sharla and her, her orgasm Tourette's friend. <laughs> this was this was wild. Like, I don't even know what this must This must have <laughs> happened to one of the writers. Because it's so right. specific. <laughs> That somebody in that writer's room must have had this experience. It made me it made me think of like, I was gonna ask you two if anyone had said anything really weird in the same sort of way. And it made me think of this amazing story that my friend has. And he slept with um, a drag queen, who sh- a, a well-known drag queen who shall rena- remain nameless. Until after when, we've stopped recording. Yeah, <laughs> and when he, when he met her at the meet and greet, um, she was like, are you starstruck? And he was like, no, not really. And then they were shagging later. And as she was coming, she was like, are you starstruck now? <laughs> <laughs> Which is just amazing. <laughs> that, if Which I wrote like. that in a script, somebody would say, no, that's, that's tacky. <laughs> that's you need, ridiculous. yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. What do we think of Carrie, of, um, Charlotte's I found it was man. really interesting the line when she said I don't want to be a whore I just want to get married or something like <laughs> this uh-huh. it was just like what I found like nobody had kind of like put this storyline under enough strain before they put it in the show and I was a bit like how many women has this guy been sleeping with and doing that to who have just not mentioned it like because at the end when she tells him he's like oh my god I have to go to sex therapy this is bad and I'm like unless like you've lost your virginity to Charlotte York who are all these people in the past who've just gone, all right, I'll just let that one slide. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, that's yeah. a good point. <laughs> um, I, th- I thought he was really beautiful, the man, though. I thought he had a lovely teeth. Um, yeah, and v- nice very eyebrows. Beautiful brows and lovely long lashes. Um, I might have tolerated a tiny bit of verbal abuse. If, if I'm not going to lie, I, I might have just enjoyed it ag- ag- no. <laughs> ag- acknowledged it i think as well it's it's a problem because he's unfortunately he's doing it with with a woman who absolutely you know she made a vow in episode one that this was the year she was going to get married and unfortunately <laughs> we know that's on her mind but interestingly this is again it's very portentous of what later happens with trey whereby he can only have sex with jugs magazine and because he regards charlotte as his perfect wife so strangely charlotte has kind of made a rod for her back by needing to be seen as puritanical she she later is unable to get her husband to regard her as a sexual being which is interesting um, and yeah, so this is true. something this is something that charlotte will come back to but i i respect alexander's you know, he, he agrees. Oh my God, that's a terrible thing to say. And I certainly don't think that about you. Um, to which Charlotte could have said, I quite like it. I'll be a dirty whore. You yeah. know, why not have fun with it? But no, but no, Charlotte was not down. Because I mean, I have experienced that, but in kind of, you know, sometimes sexy talk can be a turn on. But not like involuntary, like when no. you know that... Like, when you know that they're saying it deliberately because they know you'll like it, that's a different matter. Like, rather than them just sort of 
<laughs> not knowing that it was also like completely unbelievable like how could he not know like when she was like oh that that and he was like what like it was ridiculous maybe he's possessed <laughs> by a demon and actually this is this is one of the few times that sex in the city became a supernatural show the madonna Hall demon yeah, yeah, like a, an orgasm demon who possesses him at the moment of climax. Let, let's finish off this week with, I think I must admit I did laugh. I couldn't stop laughing. I can't close my left eye because of you! Um, oh, what was the other one? What did, what did Samantha call herself? Fuckenstein. Was... <laughs> I did. Um, I scream. I did scream with laughter at Fuckenstein. I, must I also admit. adored, I adored the montage of her in the lift as well with like the various men. Um, so amazing. Um, but this made me think of like, um, again, I fell down a bit of a wormhole with this one. Fucking like, uh, like different people's standards of what is acceptable. And like, oh, you're bad because you've got a man coming over at 2am. Yes, well, that's my lifestyle. Your lifestyle is you sit and watch TV um, and never do anything or anyone. Um, yeah, they touched a nerve with me a little bit, <laughs> mostly because I've experienced similar exchanges with neighbours. Um... I feel like Sam could have shown a slight, like, they shouldn't judge her behaviour and she was not to blame for what happened. Like, only the guy who commits the crime is to blame. However, like, she didn't really give a shit that that woman had no eye. <laughs> she was just a bit like, oh, oh, what? On oh, my way to the bridge. Like, it was like slight bit of yeah i feel really bad even though i shouldn't feel bad because it's not my fault like it would have gone a long way it was just like she was a bit like gone straight into don't judge me and it's like there is an old lady on crutches with only one eye hobbling around your house <laughs> i don't close my eye because of you i and, and i don't believe for a second samantha would have given up a rent controlled apartment on the upper east side because that is that is a time capsule if that's what she has Although um, her moving, her moving to the meatpacking district is quite a mood. It is. And did you see Willem? One, Willem, yes. is one, Willem is one of the transsexual sex workers who 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 waves her into her new building. The the transgender sex workers will will make a comeback in the season finale. But yes. So in 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 conclusion, are we sluts? No, um, because yeah, sluts yeah, is no, what, an yeah. abstract concept it's like virginity it doesn't really exist there is no such thing as a slut there are there are only slut shamers and only slut shamers define the notion of sluts so really the question should should maybe have been why am i still judging my friends based on their sexual partners it's... I don't think there's any world where Carrie would ever ask that question <laughs> because then the show would have to end. So. Why am I so wrong? Question mark about everything. And <laughs> um, um, Holly, thank you so much for coming on. Um, yeah, thank you. You yeah. you have added a level of class to this episode that I don't think I don't think Dylan and I would have achieved by ourselves. I, I'm just. Um, <laughs> So, so, um, so thank you very much for bringing your expertise on and and also um, joining, uh, well, you know, because our turn is so low. And I really think you've elevated our turn. So thank you very, very much. Um, is there anything else you would like to plug before we, we go into the abyss? No, I'm good. I'm all plugged. <laughs> you're plugged. Please. I mean, if, if, to be honest, if you're listening to this podcast, I believe you've already read Holly's books. So I am one more voice telling you to spread the word. Um, thank you very much for joining us. We will be back next week with season three, episode seven, Drama Queens. 
until then um, do follow us at SIGTT podcast on Twitter and Instagram and like and subscribe see you next week bye Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com.